through the magic alchemy of nature's most awesome sources of energy, Ray Palmer, atomic physicist, becomes the Atom, a power-packed mighty might, whose brilliant mind and great strength serve law and order against crime and injustice. Tiny Titan, scourge of evildoers, the Atom. After introducing Ray Palmer, girlfriend Gene Loring, and his shrinking lens in the first story from Showcase Number 34, cover dated September-October 1961, the now-costumed Mighty Might was due to debut in the back second feature of the book, Battle of the Tiny Titans. Once again by Gardner Fox, Gil Kane, and Murphy Anderson, this tale started out with hot blonde Ivy Town bank teller Alma Wilson getting robbed by a six-inch-tall bald man wearing nothing but Adam Warlock's metal bikini briefs. Just as suddenly as he appeared, he disappeared with a bundle of dough. Of course, nobody believed Alma's story about the little genie man, so she got tossed into jail. Well, almost nobody. Now, you and I probably tend to look at all these Silver Age characters as being middle-aged, seeing as they were all married professionals whose adventures began in the 50s and 60s, if you grew up reading about them in the 80s, 90s, and so forth. What you find while reading these old Adam stories is an emphasis on how green the characters are, at least for their jobs. Ray Palmer is never just a scientist, but a young physicist. And though Jean may be a lawyer, she's so fresh this is her very first criminal case defending her friend in the pokey. Alma always tells the truth. If she says there was a genie, then there was. Oh, Jean. You know who unquestionably believes stories about genie bank robbers? Crazy people, that's who. Even Ray tries to talk Jean into letting a more seasoned lawyer handle such an uphill case. But I intend to make my mark in the legal profession, Ray, and I'm going to start with Alma Wilson. You know, her close friend, who no other lawyer could adequately defend, even though she's never tried a criminal case before, much less one pursuing a not guilty plea involving tiny genie thieves. Crazy people, welcome Jean Loring to your ranks, if you hadn't already. And you probably have. Jean might not recognize her own limitations, but Ray does, at least partially. So Ray's a struggling young scientist who can't quite get a handle on monetizing this shrinking thing he's been developing. Say he uses white dwarf meteorite material to fashion an elastic, invisible, intangible suit, which he can still hold inexplicably, that becomes visible and solidifies as he shrinks. Think you could do something with that besides employ it as your newfangled superhero union suit? Well, Ray can't. But then he's really committed to marrying Jean Loring, so he's obviously on his own wavelength. Now garbed as the Atom, Ray tests another aspect of the belt he's designed to control his size and costume's appearance. He can now alter his weight, allowing him to leap like a grasshopper, but land with the impact of a full-grown man. While testing this out, the Atom spies the same genie that ruined Alma's career loitering in his laboratory. The other tiny titan was after chemicals in the lab, but a few blows later and his little tin britches were settled. Through telepathy, he explains that he's Kulandar of the planet Jolnar, many thousands of light years away. Through the ingestion of the metallic element Europium, Dar's people can teleport across worlds at will, making them natural explorers. Unfortunately, Kulandar got caught in a cosmic ionization field during a trip and landed on Earth. Dar was found by an unscrupulous ex-con who was informed through Dar's unconscious mind of his history and abilities. The crook found a device called a Dominator that allowed Dar to control creatures on Jolnar's colony worlds, but used it on Kulan himself. The little alien was compelled to begin a crime spree. Before the Atom can help, Kulan Dar is forced to return to his master. Ray then calls Jean up with what he's learned, opening in a reference to his own shrinking side job. Loring also swallowed this mess without a critical thought in her head, but knew her boyfriend couldn't exactly take the stand and try to sell it to the sane people. While Ray Palmer poured through the local police mug book looking for Kulan's captor, Dar continued... 
Ray had seen a mental image of the crook through telepathy and recognized him from his picture as Carl Ballard, who had a cabin overlooking the lakefront. Ray shrank a special bottle in his lab that he'd have to use before it exploded, then suited up and headed out. Using his noggin, the atom called Ballard, who was greeted on the other end by the sound of a metronome. Sound waves propelled an especially mighty might electronically through the phone line. The Atom confronted Ballard, who tried to use the Dominator against our hero, unaware it had no effect on Earthlings. Ballard then summoned Kulandar to battle the Atom to the death. After a brief struggle, the Atom's furious fists overwhelmed the alien. Ray then grew the ionized bottle he'd brought with him back to its normal size, then sealed Dar inside, where he couldn't teleport. The Atom tossed the bottle in the lake to further stymie Dar should he get loose, but Ballard sent the Dominator flying into the drink as well. The crook figured Kulandar would get loose and finish the Atom before the Dominator could be recovered, not realizing A, he'd have a heck of a time finding it himself later, and B, Kulandar is kind of a wussy. The Atom punched Ballard's lights out, then dove underwater in search of the Dominator. Kulandar got free and pursued, but was freed from Ballard's influence through the recovered Dominator. An hour later, Gene Loring was fighting a losing battle in court. Somehow the novice lawyer with a girlfriend for a client sidestepping diminished capacity in favor of the genie defense wasn't winning the hearts and minds of jurors? Color me surprised. Good thing Kulan Dar materialized in the prosecuting attorney's palm in open court in order to serve as a surprise witness for Alma and against Ballard. In her twisted little mind... Gene declared, I've done it. I've won my first case. Yeah, because Ray hadn't set everything up while being discreet enough to hide his alter ego from everyone save the soon departing Kulandar. Genius that she is, Gene failed to connect Ray and the Atom, but wanted to thank the Tiny Titan for helping her win her case. Helping, not handing her the case on a silver platter, but helping her make her mark. Hate her yet, folks? A few more courtroom battles and I might even consider marrying you. All the encouragement Ray needed to continue as the Atom. Not wealth, not fame, not the common good, but Gene Loring's delusional hand in marriage. But hey, at least Ray was smart enough to keep his Atom identity secret until we're safely married. Because, you know, that's the foundation for a lasting union of souls. These are bad people. Coming soon, the Secret Origins Podcast, a review show dedicated to the post-crisis Secret Origins series published by DC Comics. Join me, Ryan Daly, and an all-star assembly of guests to reveal the untold origin stories of DC Comics' most legendary characters, as well as Kong Gorilla. Starting in June, the Secret Origins Podcast.